Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and happy holiday, Screen the Screener listeners. Many thanks for your personal choice of consumption of the Screen the Screener podcast. We are crafting this college basketball podcast listening adventure on the evening of December 22nd, 2016, we aim to improve that commute to and fro, further your NCAA hoops banter with your crew over the holidays, and improve that bracket in just three-ish short months. That's right, March is coming, and thankfully, Screen the Screener will be there to help you listeners fill out that bracket. We're thankful, we're very humbled, and honestly honored to chat NCAA hoops with you, our ever-increasing audience. Ahoy out there, Brian Kumpfner. Uh, such kind type words, thank you. And at Coach Hop, go Swak, Laker Nation. That's Southwestern Oregon Community College, West Coast love, y'all. Welcome in. We're going to start off with some thank yous the first time around. We're going to say thanks to the tech department. Your help is invaluable in getting this podcast into everybody's earbuds. Um, thank you for your help behind the glass. Technology. Bell Jar. Happy holidays, boys. Thanks for the musical lead-in and exit. Listeners, thank you so much for spreading the positive vibe about the Screen the Screener podcast. Mike and I are always humbled by the kindness, the loyalty, and the passion that you guys bring. Just very thankful. Now, on to the content of your college basketball podcast, folks. First place we'll head is we'll start with some news and some notes from this week. News and notes from the hardwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to the games in a little bit, but the screen the screener has two bones to pick. So, like the thank yous coming early in your ears, we're going to go two bones first. Maybe this will grow into a segment of some, t- of some sort if these elements continue to percolate in the public eye. You know who bone one is going to be? Iowa head coach Fran McCafferty. This week, the head coach of the Big Ten's Iowa Hawkeyes, Fran McCafferty, thought it best to bypass the post-handshake post-game handshake with North Dakota's coaching staff and student-athletes. Really, Coach? Honestly, Coach, you just kind of spit in the face of every coach that your own student-athletes ever had in any sport at any level, and every one of their teachers or professors along the way. Mike Randall and I hold a number of misgivings concerning this poor choice by Coach. Uh, Screen the Screener is going to try to give you four differing views through four different lenses to validate our, posi- our, our position on this. Please tweet the podcast with your view concerning this cruddy decision at S the S podcast or email the show at S the S podcast at gmail.com to share your opinions. We welcome your thoughts with open arms and open eyes, unlike Coach McCafferty. So view one, we're going to try to view this choice that Coach McCafferty made through the coach's lens. Um, having been lucky enough to be in a coaching position to lead teams to championships and help student-athletes achieve top-level success, and having to fight from the bottom of the pile, the league, or the division, or the barrel to do so, I'm asking Coach to look in the mirror. You were this team seven years ago, a bottom feeder scratching for wins in the impossible Big Ten versus the big boys. And at one point last year, you were a top-ten team with a top-tier March profile. How did you help the Hawkeyes getting there? By clawing, scratching, and fighting at every turn and not settling at all. 
In other words, exactly what North Dakota did until the final, final buzzer against you this week. How dare you not go tell those student athletes and coaches, hey, love your fight. Hey, your effort was unquestioned. Hey, nice hustle. You were this team just five short years ago. Coach Izzo or Coach Beeline or Coach Ryan or Coach Crean ever turn around because your guys played dirty or played to the final buzzer? No, they came and shook your hand. Poor choice. And on that coaching staff is one of Iowa's greatest players, Jeff Horner, who fought the good fight to get Iowa back on the map nationally and validate them inside the Big Ten. And oh yeah, he's one of the school leaders and made three-pointers. He made 262 three-pointers in his Iowa Hawkeye career. He could shoot it straight. You're too annoyed to go shake hands with a former uh, Hawkeye? Coach Horner, a North Dakotan assistant? Poor. View two, the student-athlete lens. Um, we mentioned this before. Every game from middle school, CYO, AAU, high school, summer league, we slapped hands afterwards. We slapped hands when we got blown out, and we slapped hands when we got the best of others. Hell, we were still trading handshakes after a loss at the buzzer when the fans were fighting on the gym floor afterwards because of the missed shot. You just lost the respect of kind of every student athlete that you might want to get into a Hawkeye uniform. I can't believe that you undid the valid, honest teachings of every educator to your current student athletes that they shared space and time with for the past 10 years. They aided in crafting those very kids, those very same kids that you want to represent your program. It just seems like such backwards thinking, such disrespect to the youth coaches and the teachers' efforts across the board. Again, poor. View three? Let's look at this as a parent. Hey, one of my kids is the kid that picks clovers on the soccer fields and avoids battles for possessions of the ball, but loves talking with her friends afterwards after each game, and she doesn't just slap hands, she hugs. My other kid will break you down with a crossover dribble and then help you up after she breaks your ankles. Coach McCafferty, not only is every coach second-guessing your poor choice here, but every parent is annoyed that you undid years of parenting and removed one of the most important elements of being a student athlete, the afterglow with your team and the competition and fellow competitors. Your choice was just selfish and poor. Every parent teaches some form of the golden rule. Do unto others as they would do unto you. Coach McCafferty, follow the golden rule. And view four, or lens four, we're going to go as the fan. The optic of a coaching, of a coach waving his team off the court because he was annoyed that North Dakota played hard until the final buzzer is simply despicable, especially after Coach McCafferty defended his former player, Adam Woodbury, for poking three separate players in the eye in 2015. One of them being a current top 10-ish player of the year, Mello Tremble of Maryland. Now, remember what Coach McCafferty said to handle this situation afterwards? We do. When he was asked in the post-game presser about Woodbury and his poking in the eye and his habit of gouging op opponents in the eye on defense, his response was, next question, ask an intelligent question, quote, unquote. Hmm. Screen-to-screener -screen questions 
coach using the term intelligent properly. As Mark Jackson would gripe, come on, you're better than that. And we hope, and Screen the Screener always holds hope very dearly, we hope that Coach McCaffrey finds peace this holiday season with this decision along with bone number two. Bone number two we need to pick, of course, is Grayson Allen. Just when you thought we were going to start getting to some games, sorry listeners, this one won't take very long, I promise. Allen had his third tripping incident this week while playing Elon. This is a habit now. Once is an accident, twice might qualify as something that requires attention. The third time, it's just a habit. And if that habit is dangerous to others, then action needs to be taken. It's pretty simple. The defense from Coach K is predictable and disappointing simultaneously. Every coach's first reaction is to protect his players and his program, so the quasi-defensive Allen makes sense through the coaching lens. But Coach K is now one of the gold standards of all coaches. Think Belichick, think Pop, think Saban, uh, think Joe Madden, among others. Top-shelf expectations accompany this top-shelf status. So... It is 100% acceptable to be a bit let down by his post-game reaction and his in-game response of putting Allen back in the game. The dichotomy of Coach K reaction is part predictable and part chagrin. So this Allen thing, is it different from Jameis Winston headbutting a linebacker? Is it different from Draymond Green kicking Steven Adams? Is it different from Chase Utley sliding way too hard to break up a double play against the Mets in the MLB playoffs? Is it different from a random late hit out of bounds on the sidelines any weekend in the NFL? I'm not sure, but it feels different, doesn't it? It feels a little different. Here's one difference. Allen is still a student athlete, and hopefully his current position yields the unique opportunity of learning. Allen needs to focus on learning as a student before he returns as an athlete again. More student, less athlete. Let's hope this time away isn't just token for Allen. Kudos to Coach K for taking the lead here, albeit a little bit too late, and removing Allen from the situation indefinitely. Either way, Allen needs to step away for a few games, if for no other reason to give the situation some needed space and provide his teammates some room to improve, gel, and define the roles now that their freshmen are all off the IR and finally finding playing time. I think the next place we're going to go to is on Broadway. On Broadway. Uh, Usually on Broadway, we go ahead and review some big games. Uh, But how about we take a look in the rearview mirror while we drive down Broadway today? Does that sound okay to everybody? The first place we'll head to is UNC over Northern Iowa, a rematch of last year where UNC fell victim to the early season upset of Northern Iowa. This was a single-digit game in the first half, 33-26. Joel Berry is worth his weight in gold and maybe worth his weight in wins as well. And if you're UNI, there is no shot to win a game on the road versus a top-10 team, if your stud, Jeremy Morgan, plays kind of ordinary. And that's what happened in this game. Also, 
shooting 25% from three is not going to get it done, especially if UN3 is going to turn around and make 13 threes in your face. Uh, big shout to Coach Williams for signing up for this dangerous game um, with other mid-majors, uh, Davidson, Long Beach State, and Screen the Screener fave Chattanooga. Um, and let's all hope that the latest findings with UNC and the NCAA keep this particular edition of the Tar Heels on the floor and playing and moving forward. Uh, Mike and I will dive deeper into that at a later date, but for right now, we just wanted to celebrate their win and say let's hope they, this team gets to stay on the floor because they are a joy to watch offensively. And that second half, whew, man, did they really take – they really took you and, uh, you and I out of their game and were really impressive. Uh, next place we need to visit definitely has to be the interstate rivalry with Louisville and Kentucky. Number 10, Louisville, 73 over number 6, Kentucky, 70. So I think we'll just start calling this the Quinn Snyder game, right? The Cardinal point guard put up the line of his career, 22, 5, and 6. He played the uber-quick De'Aaron Fox to a remote standstill. Screen-to-screener thought Fox might play the difference maker here. He put up great numbers again, but those numbers were matched by Snyder. The other difference in this game was the three-point line. UK only shot 23%, and Louisville shot it straight at a 43% clip. Monk was a non-factor after his defining game against UNC. Monk did go hit a big three with under 15 seconds to go to close the gap and had a great look that KU wanted to tie the game with about five seconds left. But this night was not as magical for Monk uh, as it was against UNC. So the interstate matchup, just not going to happen. Uh, big win for Louisville. Resume-building win for Louisville. Uh, their length was an issue. Uh, and they really slowed it, slowed the game down, and the game was definitely at their pace. If you take a peek at the final score, if it was in the 70s, that's a Louisville pace. If it was up in the 80s or 90s, that's Kentucky pace. So it was interesting to see who was going to put their personality on the game, and it was definitely a Cardinal personality. Um, <laughs> this game always goes down as a unbelievable rivalry game and it has to approach uh, UNC Duke. I don't see why it wouldn't. Um, I think we'll head to the library hold list next. Hello, Sonny. Keep it down in the library, please. Keep it down. We'd like to return Eric Fawcett's. What if they didn't go straight to the NBA on basketballpress.com? Strong work, Eric. Great read. And just in case you're in need of that last-minute gift for your future baller, think elementary school student or something like that, um, here are a few holiday books to grab for the youngsters. So go be that trusted uncle, good godfather, solid aunt, or pro-literature parent. Uh, first, First recommendation, Dragon's Merry Christmas by Dave Pilkey. Great artwork in it. Second recommendation, Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins by Eric Kimmel. And third recommendation, Night Tree by Eve Bunting, holiday classic. We just wanted to say happy holidays to all the listeners out there. Hope everyone catches up with their family, their friends, and maybe a former teammate or two during the holidays. Don't forget, get in touch with the podcast. At S the S Podcast on Twitter. Reach out to Mike Randall. He is at Fantasy Warrior Mike, F T S Y Warrior Mike. You can find myself on Twitter at C Kearns12, or you can email the show. S the S podcast at gmail.com. Quinn Snyder seems like he might have been screening the screener 
against Kentucky. We're going to say enjoy the holiday weekend, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to Screen the Screener for a Gus Kearns solo ride.